You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to another episode of the Grossed Out Podcast. I am your host, Rob Gross. Uh, today, I have somebody that I've known since the 1640s uh, on the podcast and someone I'm so, so happy to have uh, just kind of reconnected with and to see his face again makes me very happy. You cannot see it, but I can see it. Um, it's uh, my buddy, Jeff Snow. So uh, Jeff, welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. Please tell these wonderful people who we're speaking about today. Thanks, Rob. It's good to see you too, man. And good to talk to you about one of the most important bands in my life, which is Far. And uh, hell yeah. And then also, uh, you can't talk about Far without talking about Jonah Montranga and all, all the other wonderful things that that he's been up to for the past twenty some odd years. So hell yeah, it's uh, it's it just like a like an endless well of inspiration and 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 music, and it's one of those artists that you just you hear a note. And you know it's him. Oh, for sure. So yeah, super excited to talk about this with you. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So yeah. Jeff, Jeff is the husband of Susan Snow and the father of Harrison and Ruby. By the way, that's like the best intro to a bio ever. It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Together they all live, work, and play in West Palm Beach, Florida. He is also a drummer who's played in Recess Theory, Legends of Rodeo, John Ralston's touring band, and Invisible Music, the latter two alongside his wife, Susan. He also co-hosts a podcast with his high school buddy, Francis Grennan, called the Sonic Temple Podcast. I'll tag that all uh, later on so you can follow and subscribe and, and, and get on that journey as well. His first concert was Winger at the South Florida Fairgrounds in 1990, which he still maintains was awesome. And I bet it was fucking awesome. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Let's get into it. Let's talk about Winger, right? That's what we're doing. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a, it's a great place to start. I couldn't think of a better lead in to uh, talking about late 90s. Uh, <laughs> late 90s, like, like literally <laughs> emo, emo. And it's like. Can we, can we talk about Kip Winger, please? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but, um, I think this is such a, we've been, you know, uh, schedules aside, we've been trying to do this for so long and it, that's on me. It's just been a crazy, crazy yeah. year for everybody, but yeah. wow. But what I love about, about this band particularly is what they meant to a lot of the bands that became bigger notably like the deftones sure. uh, but there's countless there's countless other bands that are influenced by far they might not even know they're influenced by jonah and sean and and this band but it, it, walk me through how you discovered them how you got into it uh, because obviously this was a band that had all these local releases eps mm -hmm. albums and then I found out about them later I think I hopped aboard when the deftones told me to listen to them okay all right. So yeah. tell me, tell me your story. Yeah, I, I am excited to tell you my story. And I'm curious how much overlap we are going to have, mm. because uh, like you said, they had a, a few local releases and, and whatnot, but you and I were not local to Sacramento. We were, if you threw a dart at the furthest possible <laughs> corner yeah. from them, that's where you and I were right all the way down in South Florida. Um, yeah. So uh, how I came to know about far is actually a, um, kind of an awesome story. So in 96, I went to see Megadeth in Miami mm -hmm. and this band and Fear Factory was opening and this, oh, wow. and this other band named Corn was on the bill. Right. I remember I've, yep. And I so, show. uh, so that was my very first experience with Corn. I had never mm -hmm. seen them or heard that. I had no idea who they were. 
I had vaguely heard like somebody dismissively say, oh, that's a band that plays with bagpipes. And I was like, well, that's going to be awful. Um, yeah, and, not wrong. You know, li- listen, my, you know, Korn's a, a problematic band for a lot of reasons, but, and my relationship has changed over the years, but there's no doubt that when I saw him that night, like my mind was blown and I was completely mm-hmm. captivated by, I just never seen that much energy on stage before. Right. I mean, totally. they, they came out to win that crowd and that was not an easy crowd. That Miami crowd threw shit at them all night long, man. Mm-hmm. It was a Bayfront Park amphitheater. It was right, and, and was that would, by the way, was the second time Corn had been through the market because I saw their first ever tour through the market. It was a Sunrise Musical Theater where a lot of us uh, in 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 uh, Broward County walked to graduate high school. So literally, yeah. everybody's in their caps and gowns backstage, nervous, and I'm like, man. I saw Pantera and Skid Row here. Yeah. I saw Saigon Kick and King's X yeah, and yeah, No More yeah, here. Yeah. So I was just amped. But I, but like that that tour was '94 it was and it Marilyn was Manson. it was Manson. Yeah. But it it was it was Danzig on the Danzig Four tour. Mm. With Manson opening still as like a local mm-hmm. sign to Interscope. It was it was Portrait Days yeah. and then Corn in the tiniest font you'd ever seen. Yeah. And they killed it and they got booed out of the building. Yeah. Yeah, my friend Francis, who I now co-host a podcast with, he was at that yeah. show, and he is of course he and was, and he is the one who <laughs> was quite dismissive of the bagpipes, right? Because oh. I went with him to the Megadeth show. But anyway, so long story short, they um, they totally blew me away. And the next day, I went to my local Specs, and I went to go mm-hmm. buy the corn tape, and there was no such thing, right? Like no stores in in Florida were carrying it. I went to like Peaches, I went to a couple others. And so finally, I just rode away for it. Like I found out they were on Immortal and I just rode away and ordered the tape. So then I get this package in the mail and it has like the tape, but then like cassette, right? Mm -hmm. And then also like some stickers for their other Immortal bands. And there was a FAR sticker in there. FAR is not a great band name. Like that's part of the problem, you know, (laughs) like- I know. uh, But, but- um. So I didn't really take note of it, but then like a couple months later, I rode away for uh, like the corn, corn had like a home video. So I rode away for that oh, too. Yeah. And I got it's that. A, it, yeah. If, if not, wait, if, if then now, right. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Or like, something yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, yeah. yeah. But in that, in that package was a full, the full release for tin cans with strings to you. What? And so like, I just, you know, like it was a gift from the God, from the metal gods, right? Like that's how I Seriously. found out about far. So I popped that in and just from, from the first note of it, from those first screaming, like guitar, like mm-hmm. atonal guitar squeals, you know, and then it just pounds in and then, you know, and I'm sitting in my room and I'm a little, uh, what am I like a junior in high school around then probably. Um, and I just hear uh, Jonah in Punch Drunk, like when mm-hmm. he starts doing the Simon and Garfunkel thing, I was like, oh, oh yeah. shit, like this is my guy. Because like at that point, my two favorite bands were probably Sepultura and Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> like, Dude, wait, like- <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Because I, I, look, Simon and Garfunkel, obviously, I, I adore Sepultura and I, I like the Sepultura that I think a lot of people don't probably like is i mean i love chaos ad beneath the remains arise but i i'm not a fan of roots that much i love the the Derek era of sepultura there are some gems in there but i mean really 
chaos ad is the one yeah, yeah, yeah but i love that like no one's ever said that sentence before well, so i'm happy yeah. it, it, ha it happened here <laughs> well it's pretty true right and so oh, i like awesome i really fell in love with uh with him and and with the lyrics and and all that stuff like it was just you know i was hanging out with a lot of the metal dudes around town the the rape tape guys and you know oh and, yeah, yeah yeah um seen them a bunch yeah they're the best and um and so I was listening to a whole lot of like really heavy stuff, which I love, but also there was this other side of me that was like really into sunny day real estate and really into Pearl Jam and really into right. the, you know, the posies or whoever it was. Um, and so not in high school, I wasn't into posies in high school. Um, but, but, you know, there was like this other side of me and Simon and Garfunkel and whatever, whatever else it would be. And, um, and all of a sudden this band was like split, splitting down the middle of the road for mm -hmm. me, you know, it was like, it was all the, it was super loud and super heavy. And then also really tender at moments and, and beautiful. Totally. And Jonah just always, and to this day, like always has something to say. And, and mm -hmm. it's never, it's always like incredibly complicated and, um, it's never, sur you know, it's never surfacey. It's never bullshit really uh, to me and to my ears anyway. And so I just love listening to, to him. So then, so then here's what happened. I graduate high school and I move out to Long Beach right around the corner from mm -hmm. you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> but you weren't there then, but, uh, I was still struggling away in Coral Springs. And because you, <laughs> and because you weren't there, I was terribly alone. So uh, I moved 3000 miles away from all my friends, but all of a sudden I could go, I could go see any band I wanted. So I started, right. so I went to go see far at the Roxy um, wow. on the Tin yeah. Cans tour. I saw far at the glass house in Pomona and like, and meeting them like at those shows and stuff, I started to realize like, Oh, I can, like, I could talk to Jonah we could have mm -hmm. these conversations but then also because the internet was like this new exciting thing in mm -hmm. 1997 uh and he is was like an early adopter of it right and so Very much so i would just be like sending messages to jonah back and forth and we like he's not he won't remember this you know at all um but I remember like talking to him about Simon and Garfunkel or about um, specifically like William Blake's uh, Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright poem. And like all of a sudden I'm like having the like it, it was this weird early adopter, you know, way of like communicating with somebody who to me was like rock star and one of totally. one of my favorite bands. And so they just became my band. Like, you know, right. like it, it was just this thing where like, oh, nobody else knows about these guys. That's except it. Except for That's me. It. And then, and then Francis and I went and saw him at the whiskey. Okay. So here's what happened. I moved back to Florida. I stopped trying to be a rock star in California and I moved back to Florida and started a band here. Right. Mm -hmm. And that band recess series, we went on our first tour and we were, kind of you know along those kind of in the same realm as like far um like early emo indies you know stuff and um we went on our first out on our first tour and at the end of the tour i flew to la with 
Francis and we went and saw them at the whiskey. And I had, I had a soundboard tape of recess area. Wow. And so I was able to like go to the whiskey and like hand, hand him my tape. Right. And yeah. that was like a very super proud moment for me. And then like fast forward a couple months later, I'm back in Florida and FARS coming through on the water and solutions mm-hmm. tour. Right. And, um, so we end up opening for them at club Q, um, Shit. which was yeah. something club Q was something else. Like I, you want to like, describe it for your listener. <laughs> it's, it's everything that you think about Florida in a club, basically. I mean, there, I've never seen like a, like a random, like alligator, just like traipsing around the grounds. But I mean, I have been to shows in West Palm respectable street yeah. where I've seen gators in the back, like in the, on the back patio or no, no. What, what's that? There's <laughs> no, a that's so, how, no, no, no. It's where I saw converge cave in and between the berry to me. And there was an outdoor patio and like literally behind the stage, you could see gators swimming in, in the water. So that's not this, but club Q is where I wasn't allowed to go to club Q alone, basically being like Jewish and you know, Jewish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, it was um, not great so yeah no it was not great it, it was a rough place i mean you know it's a place straight out of like the blues brothers right um mm-hmm. it, it was a it was a rough and tumble kind of place so uh so far we played there with them and i kind of got to talk more to jonah and so you know like start start to connect dots a little bit and then um there was a very uh I'm going to come back to the other Florida shows a little mm-hmm. bit later because I saw them like four or five times on on their little run through uh, Water and Solutions, and then um, and then uh, and then the band broke up. But right. it was uh, so quick. So yeah, really but quick. I, I'm curious. Before we talk about them breaking up, let's not, yeah, let's yeah. not jump the shark here. How did you get? How did you find Far? Because um, you were down here with me, man, in the swamp. I was literally down here with you. So I, yeah, I was down in the swamp. So I came about them in a strange way, similar where it's like, I, I think I was probably reading interviews online or like in magazines about Deftones. So it was, it, it all comes stems from the Deftones yeah. where I had a friend in high school uh, and she loved the Deftones. So when I hopped up, she hated everything I liked. And then, um, Around the Fur came out. So this is 97. Yeah. And yeah. I remember vividly walking to a portable, Terraville High School, it's about a thousand degrees outside. And she's like, of course you'd like this record. They have a record before this called Adrenaline. You need to check out. I still don't fuck with Adrenaline the way I, I love the other Deftones albums, but there are like, I, I get that, the roots. Yeah. Like, sure. you know, it's like, the, sure. but like when you put that next to, when you listen, when you hear around the fur first, you cannot go back. I, and I think that's where it yeah. like, there's like bored and a couple of the, everything else sounds like child's play compared to what they were about to become. That's right. So when that happened, I started reading these interviews and like, I'm like, why does this band sound like this? Like, it's like Bowie and Prince, but it's faith no more. And it's yeah. metal and it's, yeah. it's all the things. And they're getting lumped into this new thing called new metal. And I'm like, they're not that no. like, I can, I, I could have, I could have, 
I think I sensed White Pony coming, but not to that extent. I I I felt that like the change was happening, yeah. but not like, no pun intended, but not like that. And which was the first single. That's what they dropped yeah. off that record right yeah. away. But I remember reading an article, and it was like it was about um, Chino talking about the bands they came up with, and they named a band Sock, which was like all the members of all these bands right, kind of together, right. Far and Wilhaven, mm-hmm. and I like you i could not fucking find far because even it's like nobody thought about like clutch far helmet these names were all unsearchable on the internet yeah and it used to take like forever yeah yeah i'm like i'm wasting my time yeah so and yeah special order from specs i used to work at the one of the coral square mall uh, which by the way for my listeners specs was bought out by fye and it was a 95 store regional chain that was basically in every mall in florida yeah it was cool and so I, I found Wilhaven because I saw they were assigned to Crisis, which was through Revelation, and I was already mail ordering stuff, hardcore label. Yeah, yeah. And I had come across a version of Nine Miles. Okay. And it's basically Wilhaven with Jonah on vocals. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. The Deftones are literally Wilhaven mixed with Far. I I have to complete the circle, and <laughs> I, and I found a copy of uh, of Tin Cans. Okay. Had never have never heard a, a, a record specifically a drum sound sound like that before hmm. or since. Yeah. There's no record that that has that kind of. It just hits so big, oh, and it's so raw, and I and I, I just never. I don't know. It just struck me in a way that no other record really has. And then yeah. when I found Water and Solutions, which at that point was like a few months later, yeah. that was, everything was in a little abbreviated, you know, thing for me. Yeah, yeah. That that record, the first notes of Barry White, and I'm like, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm this band is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And 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 what was funny while I was in the shower this morning, where I do all my best thinking. Sure. I was thinking thinking about you, Jeff, in yeah. the shower. I, was I actually really was standing in the shower thinking. <laughs> I was standing in the shower thinking. I did not fuck. Okay, but I really was um, because I remember specifically that we, my collective, I don't even want to call it a band. Mm-hmm. I booked a sh- an acoustic show for Legends of Rodeo for you guys at a cafe in Jacksonville. Yeah, and yeah. I- I was like, okay, well, let's get some people out that don't know these guys. I'm like, my, my guitarist like, well, why don't we open? I'm like, well, we suck. And they don't suck. But they're like, no, but, but like people will come. And they did. It was a pretty packed little, yeah. little club. Yeah, I remember. Little, little it. cafe. Yeah. And I remember playing specifically a song that I wrote that night. It was the only song I wrote in the set where I came from around the kit and came to the front and I played it. And I'm like, man, I hope nobody here knows far. This is a straight up rip off of Barry White. <laughs> and, and we played it like if we played it like Jack Rabbits, where I think you yeah. guys have played too yeah. and played a few more shows. And I remember like, a dude ran in. It was in one of the opening bands, like total thrash, double bass, like going off. Yeah. And we were like headlining, just playing last, yeah, playing yeah, at midnight yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And he runs in from loading his 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 van or whatever, because I think he thinks that far is on stage. And I'm like, no, it's just me. He's loved it, but yeah, that's that, awesome. that's that's how far came to be. And I love that it now has a little connection to Legends of Rodeo yeah, and to man. you guys. But like, I didn't realize that literally until t- this morning. Oh, that's hilarious. That's fun, man. That's a fun memory. It's just cool, man. I remember like I was working with Vagrant Records um, for years and years and I was living in, in the Bay Area and far um, 
they obviously had a lot of support out there yeah. and they, they were done for years. I mean, there was like new end original came about yep. and Jonah was doing solo stuff and gratitude and like revolution smile and all these bands were happening, which I want to get into with yep. you. Yep. And I remember specifically like they did their cover of pony. Yeah. And I went to the show. It was like 2009. I bought a shirt that had a pink pony on it and it ended up being so toxic. It gave me like an immediate migraine. I had to throw it <laughs> It was, it was like, you could smell the print was so fresh, um, but they were getting a lot of, a lot of play on live 105 yeah, yeah. out there. And I was fortunate enough to get to work at night. We live and highly underrated in the Canon and in the catalog for real. Like, yeah. Like, but I, I, that show, that was the first time I ever got to see them was in 2009. And it was, wow. I went by, I went by myself. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, I don't think, I think I missed it. I yeah. think the two yeah. years and age difference between us. Okay. Okay. Like I just did another episode um, that by the time this comes out, that'll be out. He, we're talking about uh, stone temple pilots and he's talking about all his experiences. He's like, Oh, I discovered in utero like first. And I'm like, Oh, the two years yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time yeah. made such a difference. Oh, it, and now it does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, um, Okay, so I, I definitely want to hear more about At Night We Live and your experience with our, I love that record. Um, so good. And yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, but uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't go back a bit and talk. Gotta go talk back. Talk a little bit about, uh, <laughs> about, especially about Water and Solutions, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I, remember, I remember waiting you know, like you used to, you used to know when a record was coming out, right? Mm -hmm. Like you would just wait for it for months. And so I remember just waiting and waiting and waiting because they were seriously one of my favorite bands and I was all in at that point. And I, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Francis and I, Francis is getting a lot of love on this podcast right now. Uh, he deserves he it. Is. He deserves <laughs> it. Um, we drove to Specs. And like, I remember just being there when the doors open and running in and grabbing it and coming out to the car and putting the, at that point we graduated up CDs and putting the CD mm -hmm. in and you're right, man. Like the, just hearing Barry White come out of uh, the speakers at that point. Like, I remember the feeling of, of like pure, uh, like elation and pride, like, yeah. Oh, they did it. Like, yeah, it's the next level, you know, and I think may like it's funny that you say that about the Deftones because um, because that's the way I think about those two records, too. Like I, I was a huge fan of Adrenaline. And again, that was one of those things where it was like I was in all these super heavy bands and then I saw the cover. Uh, a friend of mine had the cover on his wall. Mm -hmm. like the, like a, you know, vinyl 12 inch cover. And I just remember looking at that, like the beautiful purpley pinky seashell yeah. or whatever. And then him and being like, what is that? Cause it was in the midst of like Sepultura and Pantera posters <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, what, why do you have this on there? He's like, hold on. And he like plays it for me. And I'm like, Oh, that's like, I, I love this. I, like, that opening, what, that like, riff. How is something it's... so heavy? And so like the contrast between the image and, and the music, like the nastiness of it. Totally. And so, yeah, they were like the first band that really kind of broke open my mind in that way, you know, like, oh, it's like a really metal cure, you know? That's and, it, and, that's it. And, um, and then far, you know, also it's like, 
you know, and then you find out, oh, Jonah and Chino were roommates and that makes a whole lot of sense. And, and all this, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Right. So totally. Um, but, uh, yeah. So having experienced that, like that around the fur moment where it's like, oh my gosh, like they've done it. They've mm -hmm. sophomore slump is not a thing with this band, you know? And then uh, to see Far do the same thing. And like for me, the production was just so much better on, on uh, uh, <laughs> Water and Solutions. Oh, that, totally. Yeah, that it, it just really hit me. It, and, and the songwriting was just, you know, so much more concise and, and you know the songs are shorter and and to the point it just it's a better record you know oh it's 100 it's, it's to totally a better record and i think you know over time that's the one that you know it, it's it's pretty perfect yeah and, you know i think there's there's songs on that record that i'll just you know you know when a song pops in your head out of nowhere mm -hmm. and or or like a passage and then you're just repeating it over yeah. and probably driving my wife absolutely mental right right but right it, but it was um like today it's a city in color song that i'm just uh, this one oh, lyric nice. and it's like and it's like oh yeah that lyric is so true and my wife's looking at me like you have to stop it's been 15 like, stop singing this oh, that's but cool. but but it's with them it's like that just that the first chorus and like nestle yeah where it just pops into my head and it's like, it just like, it's like almost like a, like a, I don't want to say like a mantra or something like that, yeah. but it's like, it just calms you down immediately. And it's like, on a record that's that can be that heavy at times. Mm -hmm. It's just what a beautiful moment. And, you know, it, it's to see the influence that they've had over the years. Like there's, um, there's a band that I, I, I adore. I think they just broke up. I think there's, there's definitely some, uh, some, anti-vaxxer things going on in that camp or from what I've heard, uh, but from, from one guy, he seems like a militia dude, but okay. just band 30, 36 crazy fists that are from Alaska. Okay, yeah. And they were, they were doing the thing where they obviously were bigger in Europe, bigger in Japan, and they would cover like do two, three covers every record that would go exclusively to the Japanese version. Yeah. I love this band so much that while I was working them, I would still cough up the 38, $39 to buy the CD just to get the extra track or two. And awesome. they were always covers. So they would cover like Sad Lisa by Cat Stevens. They covered, mm. fuck, it, it's a Cast Iron Hike song and I cannot remember it for the life of me, but it's it, it's great. They covered Digging the Grave by Faith No More. Nice. And they, and they nice. cover M Mother Mary. Oh, that's and great, it's, yeah. They did it just the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like they didn't like hardcore it up or slow it down or do it. They literally just covered it two minutes straight through. Yeah. And it's like, it, it just like, and it was only a few years after it came out. Maybe it was like 2004. Yeah. yeah. But, but it just like, it, it showed the influence that they had on these heavier bands sure. that, that would come to the other side and be like, oh, I'm here for the melody and, and the, what, what emo actually meant at the time, yeah. like the emotive hardcore, and then would stay for the heavy. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's like, yeah. it's it just, what a testament to, to, to what that band was. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I really have no words sometimes for that. No, so it just that, I blows mean, me away. That that story is a perfect uh, illustration of like what I was saying about them being being sort of like the line running down the middle of of this highway, right? Um, like they're just in the middle of these two camps, right? The the indie world and the and the metal world, and so I mean, anyone who knows anything about far at all 
like knows that and knows that that's a story of far and kind mm-hmm. of like what what killed him what sort of my unique perspective on this is that uh, i was in south florida when uh on that water and solutions tour and i feel like i don't know if this is true i, sh- I should probably ask jonah <laughs> if if i'm right i think he'll tell me i'm right like i feel like florida broke up far in a lot of in a lot <laughs> oh, of ways no. wait what yeah i mean w- would i be surprised so, if florida broke up well, a band so no. like here here are the here's the run of shows right so they came down they played and they were headlining right mm-hmm. so they're driving around in their rider rider truck uh at that time it was awesome Oof. um yeah. but tough it's a tough way to tour right yeah. um and so they they came down and they played club q to like you know if there were a hundred people there like that i would be surprised right mm-hmm. um and that's a rough place to play the following, but Jonah, I have video, like I have VHS of that show. Jonah was having, oh my a, God. Bla- was having a blast that night, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were having a, a lot of fun. Spirits were high. The next night, they were supposed to play at a place called Happy Days in West Palm Beach. Do you remember Happy Days? I don't. So Happy Days was literally a bar in a warehouse district in downtown mm-hmm. West Palm Beach. So they had like bought you know, let's call it six warehouse bays and turned it into a bar is literally okay. like the shittiest place you could ever imagine. Right. <laughs> it's funny. Cause you're saying that I'm like, this sounds awesome. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it kind of was, if you were one of the businesses or one of the bands who practiced in that warehouse area, which, it, which we did legends of radio did. Um, so that was cool. But right. uh, but it's not the kind of place that a touring band coming all the way down to the tip of Florida wants to spend their Wednesday right. night, right? Sign, I, yeah. signed, to, signed to a subsidiary of a major label. Yeah. So, yeah. and here's the kicker. They were going to play with the Groovniks. Oh, my God. You remember God. that band, right? Oh, yeah. They were on Roadrunner. Yeah. Uh, no. No, no, no. That, that was Shooty's Groove. I do remember the Groovniks, yeah. though. Groovniks ended up on... Uh, oh, some other label. I can't remember what it was now. Totally remember them. Though. Anyway, yeah. they were going to play with them. Um, and there was a dust up in the parking lot. A whole bunch of skinheads showed up. Sure. Because that was the era of the South mm-hmm. Florida skinhead. Um, yep. And they were like jumping on their rider truck. And oh. the Groovniks did not want to go on last and so like there was just all this stuff and so i remember talking to to hanging out with the band out front and they were just like all right we're just going to take off like we're this is not worth it like we're out and i was like man i'm sorry like you know at that point i had kind of like built a relationship with them there was you know 20 loyalists you know me francis and a bunch of friends around like really hoping to see them but they were like this is untenable like we're out so get it uh, yeah so that happened and then they went up the road to and they played like the vero beach women's club the next Mm. night which again great show it's on youtube you can look at it but if there were 50 people there like again you know Mm -hmm. i'd be surprised it was just tough like it was this tough string of shows and they had been down they had been down with Monster Magnet. I think they came down after that with Monster Magnet. 
and like the crowd just heckled them. Like what a weird set, pairing. Well, that's the thing. They always got they toured with Sepultura. Which like makes like it, I know it it works for some bands right like I remember growing up in South Florida yeah and Clutch would be on the bill with everybody I I, I saw Clutch with STP I saw yeah. Clutch with Fear yeah. Factory I yeah. saw Clutch on the Ladies Night in Cambodia tour at the theater in Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. uh, the Elephant Riders tour with yeah. literally in in between Seven Dust on their first ever tour and Limp Biscuit on Limp their Biscuit. first ever yeah. national tour and Clutch. No one knew they had transitioned from what they were to right. what they became. They literally just jammed for 35 minutes. And I'm up there yeah. like, this is fucking awesome. Was, and everybody yeah, else is like show. yelling shit. At that. You were at that show as well? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's yeah. amazing. That, and, I'm, and I'm sure Francis was too. Oh, fucking he was. Course. He was. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah, I think, I think we actually talked about this. I'm like, do you remember when Limp Bizkit covered, like, they covered Institutionalized and they played Rain and Blood because they didn't have enough songs to, like, fill a set. So they're covering, like, he was like, all y'all yeah. like Slayer? And we're like, yeah, you're yeah. in South Florida. We all like Slayer, Slayer. dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, not to digress, but that's like, the, it's, you know, this is a very specific band and yeah. they could, I, I think if Far was a band now, they'd have way easier time finding the places to play or finding the bands to kind of like have that camaraderie with. And back then there, there were very few, there were very few genre well, bending bands. Right. So here, so here's the story, right? Uh, this is a tale of two shows. They were both mm. at the Sapphire Supper Club in Orlando. They came down the first time they played the Sapphire with um, with Monster Magnet, got like heckled, booed off stage. Like Jonah was called a fag, like during mm. you know like Nestle or something, like one of the quieter Come songs. On. You know, right. well, but it's it's Florida, man. It's Florida. We're, it's we're sun bleached, sun bleached, like you know, but just awful people. Yeah, <laughs> we're bad. We're not a good place to come play. That's why bands don't come down no. to Florida. But anyway, um, so so that was the first time. The second time I went up to see them, they had hopped on a show with the Promise Ring and Jets to Brazil. Much better, dude. It was amazing. It was great. And the band, like Jonah, was so happy that night and was just like on fire. And you know, but that's but that was one show. That wasn't a tour. You know right. what I mean? And then, and I just remember at the Vero Beach show, and you can see this in the YouTube, but I remember him saying this then because I was so sad about it. Like, he just makes a statement like, this is our last show in Florida and we can't wait to get the fuck out of this state. Like, you know, and it's like, yeah. and then the band breaks up, you know, like very shortly after. And I'm like, dude, we killed them. Like we did. <laughs> I know we did. And it sucks, what? man. It's just like, it takes a certain, like the way, when I started getting into the, like the business side of this, the economics of getting to South Florida, especially a band of that size with signed to immortal or whatever, it's Sony. Yeah. It's their advance having D Sardi do the record. It must've been ridiculous. And having to recoup on that yeah. is impossible. They're probably still not recouped. Probably not. And, and, and so going to Florida where you're playing these shows that are a crapshoot, mm-hmm. 
it's taking you to get from Jacksonville to Fort Lauderdale is five hours. Oh yeah. So you're, so like, you're not, that's why you have to play a place like the Vero beach women's club because right. there's no yeah, split the difference and get gas money. You got to get gas 100%. money. And, and, and so it was, I remember being on tour with Snapcase when they came down to South Florida and they're, they're, I think similar shit, like I don't, they didn't end the band, but they were, I mean, they ended not too far after, but they were just not happy. They're like, yeah. At that time, you couldn't get vegan food anywhere. You had to go to like Denny's and get a dry salad. Right, like you just, right. there was no, you know, sure. it, it was embarrassed. Like to your point, what you were saying before, where you're like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, I, even though I wasn't from Orlando and I'm like running around with these dudes, like in the van, whatever, I was like, shit, it's my state. Like yeah, I feel, I know, I feel like this weird, like I didn't do this, but I feel bad. Like we're, we ate at hospitals. Because hospitals had the most, I didn't, re, I didn't know at the time, but like um, gummy bears are um, are vegan. Okay, yeah, so we yeah, literally yeah. ate gummy bears for like seven days. <laughs> but it's like, but that's what Florida will do to you, man. It's that, like, yeah. they're, they're, I think like, you know, I have friends that live there, love it. And it's awesome. But as a touring musician, yeah, it's, the worst. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard go yeah. for sure. Yeah. It would be like, it would be like touring Montana if it had more major cities, it's like, let's just go on a flat loop, basically. Yeah. Well, except you know? that I think the people in Montana would be excited to see you. They'd be appreciative. Montana is definitely the Florida of the Rockies. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't think I've ever been as scared in my life as going into a, 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 a this weird like roadside kind of yeah. thing in Montana. And I was like, I'm like, we're going to get killed in here. This is not going to be good. Like it's myself, my wife and my friend Barb who's Cuban. And she's like, do I have to my fucking passport to go in here? She's like to prove I'm like, an, it was so bad. Um, and, and of course, to, no, no shock to you uh, on, on, on the road to see Pearl Jam. Yeah. So nice. Nice. That, that was, that was that. But, a, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I was going to say, there's saying? only, there's only two States in the continental U S I haven't played a show in and Montana is one of them. Montana and Ma the Maine. You've done shows in Alaska? No, Hawaii? in the continental U.S. Oh, the continental the 40, U.S. The 48. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the 48. 48. I mean, Maine, I could see the benefit. I've heard Portland is great. Oh, I'd love Montana, to go there. It just yeah. never happened, you know? Probably for the same reasons no one comes to Florida. Like, I mean, I, uh, I, I, did, I did my time. I've done, mm -hmm. I did my time. Um, Amen. But uh, so, so obviously, so when it comes to this band, like yeah. you – Water and salute. So I wanted to go back for a second yeah. because I do want to talk about the other stuff, but real quick, you touched on something earlier that I'm glad you did because saying that Joan was an early adapter, an early adopter, sorry, of, of the internet and saying that now sounds like so old and archaic, but it's true. It's true. And when he started the, um, the yard sale, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen because so, so for, for the listeners, Jonah started, uh, and I'm probably butchering this, but basically, um, and I hope he listens to this and I get called out for it, but basically it was, he was selling things like, Hey, this is the basement of what I can, of what I can make on this. Yeah. But basically after that, it's like going to an old school hardcore show. Like you can donate on top of that. It was basically Bandcamp before Bandcamp. That's right. Yeah. Everything, and, everything was on a sliding scale. And so right, exactly. it was a pay, pay what again. you can, you know, right, you exactly. pay two bucks, pay two bucks. If you can afford 10, uh, that would be awesome. That's yeah. just it. And I remember that I would like just go there and there's all this treasure trove of stuff like merch, you know, in, in, demos. And then he had done a pressing of quick. Yeah. And Oh God, the first record. Why is the name escaping me? I could see the cover right uh, in front of me. Uh, 
It's listening uh, game. L- l- listening yeah. game. And I bought and they were with like an, a bonus tracks and a bonus CD. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I gave this dude all my money. Yeah. And <laughs> obviously like not up to the standard of what they became, but to see the roots of the band that you love so much. Yeah. And like, and you could see the development between listening game and mm-hmm. then quick and quick, quick started. Like there was like, oh, okay, this, this is much more the far that I know. Right. It was really cool to go back and see the development. Yeah, there's some great songs on that, man. Like, so good. Yeah, really great songs on Qu- Quick. And um, what's uh, what's all go down on? Is that on Quick or is that on Listening Game? Oh, I think that's it's a, on Quick. That's a great it's... song, man. That's mm-hmm. like their three days, like Jane's Addiction three yes. days. It's kind of yeah. like that. Oh, it's great. I love that. Yeah, the, I, I definitely, I went back a little bit, but like you said, it's hard. Like once you are, once you get in on, on a certain level of production, it's very hard to go back. Yes. You know, I mean, you can, and you're like, Oh, it's cool, but it's not what you end up listening to all the time. See, Um, that's why, you know, you're, you're so right. That's why it was always so much easier for me to go to like get into Wilhaven mm, because one, it it was heavier. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and the, his way of screaming, I don't think has been duplicated mm-hmm. the way that Grady screams, but even those early records had like the piccolo snare right. and had all, all the things that I loved as a drummer mm-hmm. from like helmet, handsome, yeah. <laughs> sure. it, all the sure. things that I love so much. Yeah. Now it was just like, yeah, dry, it was just dry cracks. Ha- yeah. I got so you. like, and I remember there was like in one of the songs on, um, oh God, it's gotta be on Will Haven's El Diablo where he just goes, the, the, the drummer Mitch, just like he cracks the snare. Like there's like, this is like feedback and he just cracks it right before they go back into the, and I'm like, yeah, it's so simple and it's so cool. And uh, so that's far, you know, they had that similar sound sure, as well. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, then I always, but to your point, like it's hard to get into stuff where the production just isn't up to standard. Yeah. And it, cause you have this level of expectation right, now, right. you know, you know, you know what they can, what they can sound like. Right. And right. So, yeah, you know, right. yeah. It's tough. Right. It's tough. But, uh, but that's also why I love, um, uh what what's a what's the new one <laughs> at night we live and that was like, the new one it's yeah, like the, the new one years I know. Old. <laughs> yeah but um but that's like to me that's to me that's the best sounding far record it is it's the most rounded like well-rounded it's big it's big it's fat yeah. it's a fat record. yeah it's a record of its time right i mean it it definitely yes sounds like it came out in 2010 is that when it came out Something like yeah. that, yeah, nine or ten, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, but that, I love it. I love the production on that. And Sean did that, right? The guitar player. He did. Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and and God, like that. The title track on that song is so. Oh, that record oh, is so man. beautiful. So beautiful. And I remember just literally, like, I felt like having your teeth kicked down your throat when they they done the cover of, of Genuine's Pony. Yeah, and that's cool. It's, it's, it's actually a fantastic cover. Yeah, and. And then they're like, and now the new single, and it was Reckoning, which has got to be like oh. the biggest punch in the face. Oh, you mean Deafening. Deafening. God damn yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Deafening. Sorry. And, Sorry. And that was, no, no, no. I, I, I need to be corrected. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, but like that, that blew my mind. Yeah. Like it was just, you've been away for, for 12 years for what? Uh, like. I was just mad at the band, right, like, right, I, right, you know, right. I was so excited to get into all the side projects, but then they're back and it was like, it, and it was obviously like not long lived, but so thankful to have that record. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me too. Me too. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they did that. I, I went back knowing that we were going to talk about them. I went back mm -hmm. and, and watched the, um, they did like an EPK kind of thing, like a in the, yep. in the studio, a little eight minute thing on, on, on Night yeah. Live, right? And at one point, I forget which one of them says it. Maybe it's, it's maybe Chris, the drummer, or, or it's Jonah, but I think it's Jonah. It says like, you know, at the end of the day, like, if this record just comes out and it is part of our catalog and does nothing else, like, I'm just really proud that it's part of our catalog. And I could not agree more. Like, mm -hmm. I am really glad to have, I'm glad they did that record. You know, one of the things that, that I love so much about FAR is that they remind me so much of my own band um, in, in that, like, you know, I also, Legends of Rodeo is a band of like four, like best friends, like to this very day, like we are best friends. But, you know, we had a, a long period where just John Ralston, the singer, and I went off and did our, our own thing, you know, Jonah style, right, or whatever. Um, you know, but, but we also come back together every once in a while. And when we do, like, it's really just for us. And it's, like it's sure. just because we love playing together and i think you get that sense with them too and then it doesn't necessarily last you know um but that's okay sure. like i love i love that they all still seem to be friends um you know we can get into jonah a little bit uh you know as we as we transition out of far um he definitely is a yeah. guy who struggles to keep a band together there's no doubt about that but you know, but it, I, I agree. I, I don't know the guy personally enough to know those ins and outs, but I do know that I'm thankful in a way because now with all the other projects he's done, yeah. you get to at a young age, cause I guess I was in college, maybe early college when I was working at the radio, like when around the time that I met you yeah. guys and I, and I was working at the radio station. I remember like they had the split, the one line drawing rival school split, yeah. which is now make, making its way track by track to streaming services, which is really interesting. Yeah. But, and I still have that's, it. Like of the, of the 200 or whatever CDs that I've saved over the years, that's in there. Nice. And I remember between that and then we got the thriller, uh, yeah. thriller yeah. from New End Original. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is just showcasing Jonah more. Yeah. This is just like, it's there's no screaming. This is him showing his craft and his song. And then right. when he, when you, you know, hit with gratitude, it's like, cool. He's got a major label deal again. There's like some Jimmy world shit going yeah. on here. I was so excited. And then when the bottom fell out of that, I'm like, it almost made me lose faith in a lot of the things that I was like trying to accomplish at that, at that younger yeah. age, like towards like my career where like you have a band that's this good yeah. with a front man. That's that well loved and known. And this record is as good as it is. And it just didn't, cut it it didn't make it so for what it, yeah yeah so it's a bummer yeah yeah um that that's my favorite record like that's that's my favorite jonah record really yeah it, it, for a lot of reasons a lot of, I like, get, no, yeah for a lot of personal reasons and stuff and i just think it's an absolute masterpiece but um brilliant but before we talk about gratitude like yeah let's go back to one line drawing for a minute because yeah yeah, yeah let's do it um so far breaks up right and mm. I'm like heartbroken by it. I don't even know how I heard about it, but I heard about it. I'm heartbroken about it. But then I get a call from, we had um, 
we were we had just changed our name to Legends of Rodeo. We didn't have a deal yet or anything like that. And but we had a booking agent. And our booking agent called us and said, "Hey, um, it, I have uh, one line drawing. It's Jonah Montranga from Far. He's going to come to to Florida. Do you guys want to do a tour with him?" And I was like, "Yes, I do. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> oh, yeah. what I wanted. It's what I've wanted to do my whole life. Yep, yeah, please yeah. sign me up." Um, so I was stoked to say the least. So he comes down. Um, we ended up doing like. I think it was like five shows with them, right? It was just uh, mm -hmm. up Florida and over to Alabama, kind of, kind of run maybe a show in Georgia. I can't remember exactly, but um, but it's funny you mentioned Jackrabbits before because we played Jackrabbits. Mm -hmm. But so so now all of a sudden, like here comes I had had like my moment opening for Far that I was stoked on, and then like you know the sad disillusion, you know of of florida just letting them down and then the band breaks up and it's all my fault and blah 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 sure it's so, all my fault so then jo jonah comes back and plays at respectables in west palm beach mm -hmm. and, and we yeah so we were on that show and you know just hanging out with him like talking beforehand and and everything he was like hey do you want to do you guys want to come up and do a, a song with me um, just leave your, leave your stuff up on stage when, when you're done with the set and, you know, I'll call you up or whatever. And I was like, okay, like, what do you, what do you want to play? He's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out in the moment. It's like, right. Cause that's how bands do things. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, it could be literally any fucking song ever. Well, and, and to your point. So at some point in the show, and by the way, like he opens the show just acapella no guitar, no nothing. Wow. And just, and it's like the ballsiest thing that I've ever seen. Oh, and standing right totally. next to me, by the way, at that show was Chris Caraba, who mm. like dashboard really wasn't a thing at that point. Cause this is like early 2000. So I don't think See, he, he was still at he, further seems he forever was with at that further, point. Yeah. Maybe uh, but he was probably writing some dashboard stuff. I don't know somewhere in there. Right. But it was yeah, like, yeah. like, I just remember, like the two of us being like, wow, like this, mm -hmm. look at this dude doing this. this is kind of amazing, right? Yeah, like high five, you know, kind of thing. Like, that's <laughs> great. And um, so, so then anyway, like towards the end of his set, he's like, hey, Legends of Rodeo, come on, come on up here. And so, like, me and John and Nathan, like, look at each other, like, all right, let's, let's go try this go so we go up there like what do you want to play he's like let's do uh birthday by the sugar cubes and we're all looking at each other like i don't even know who the sugar cubes are man i mean i do <laughs> i do now but i sure didn't right, then, right. right and i'm like yeah i we i don't know and and you know looking at the three of us like no this is not in our vocabulary man like no. <laughs> sorry um and so he's like it's fine it's you know a and g or, or a and e whatever and so then we just launched into like a four minute whatever legends of rodeo slash jonah reinvention of a sugar cube song right and in front of a live in front of a live audience yeah. and it was awesome and so fun and just like it, and it set the tone for the tour where where it was just like oh this is a guy who's up for anything mm -hmm. and i kind of love that and i love the and i've been like that ever since like if any band anywhere invites me up on stage i'm saying yes like i might ruin your show 
you invited me here and we're going to see what happens, man. Um, well, it's that kind of experience, man. It's a, it's awesome. Like I, I, you know, the watching him do these like house shows, yeah. like actual, like going to play someone's birthday and then he's posting some of the footage and it's like, this shit is just about as pure as it gets. Like there's no bullshit. He's literally showing up heartfelt yeah. and playing songs, whether they're covers, his own, whatever, and like, and just, cr- I mean, obviously crushing it, yeah. but like, that just it's beyond like balls or you know whatever it, it literally is just, it just takes a different breed to do that yeah dude that you that know? night like after the show he was like hey we're, i'm gonna go back to this lady's house in lake worth like you should come and we just sat around there's like 20 people in the house and he and i and micah his friend was playing bass with him on that tour on a couple songs and selling merch and stuff um we just did we like they had a little like hand, stupid little hand drum thing and we just did mm-hmm. jane's addiction covers all night and a bunch of far songs so i'm sitting like in this living room playing like you know these far songs with jonah and i'm like That's my awesome. mind is like melting in just this beautiful moment and then we did like a couple more shows with them and i think that night i was like hey he, cause he was like, Hey, do you know any of my songs off sketchy EP? And I was like, I know all of them. And he, <laughs> he's like, Oh, well then you should play them with me like on the tour. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I should so, do. Like I'd go up and do like two or three songs with them, like every night, you know, like 14 to 41 or yeah, you know, whatever. And, um, so it was like the best, like it was just Dude, this amazing tour. And, but let me just tell you this one last thing. Um, no. it, the tour ended in in Birmingham. I think it was Birmingham, Alabama. And we were playing a church, like an old church. As you do that. Yeah. And, you know, but it was like a hollowed out church that they were using for shows. And it was just awesome. And that night, Jonah sang with no mic, like just filled, God just damn. filled the space with his like, voice, you know? Yeah. And then, um, and, and that night we, when we played, he came up and sang with us on one of our songs. And I just like, it was a really special tour, you know? And the whole time just watching the way he was, again, he, he would always be like the first one to the venue and he would just have his laptop out and he would be like, just answering emails and corresponding with fans. And, and the whole time, did that. And the whole time I'm thinking, man, like I was the fan, like writing, writing, like you were like my best mm-hmm. friend when I was lonely in Long Beach, you know, like, right. Um, and now I get to be on it's, tour with you and playing songs with you. Like, this is kind of rad, you know? Um, dude, that's insane. I didn't, I didn't know. This has been so cool because I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I knew, like, I knew that like there's some shows and obviously you were a fan, but didn't know that you had like those, those late night experiences. And it's like, it's always like, you know, thankfully my wife understands this fully, but it's like those nights, cause if she didn't, I'd be, you know, I'd be screwed. Right. But those nights, those nights when you're, you know, you're in this business and it's like, you're out and not necessarily like getting hammered or mm. anything like that. Like I, that, that, that's just like, you know, no, I can't. No, but you're, but you're <laughs> like, available. You're open. It's just that yeah. you're open and and you're out and you're out to like one or two in the morning and you're just sitting in a shitty bar, having a conversation, like, and talking about things. That's, I mean, it's really why I started the podcast. Yeah. It's like, I missed that. Yeah. But like, 
that's where all the good shit happens. That's where all like the, the real connection happens when like all the, everybody else kind of like goes away yeah. and it, it, and it centers down to just a few people or just two people. Yeah. And it, and like you had that and that's, that's, you know, I, I get why they're your favorite band. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand. Well, I can't, no, I can't say they're my favorite band They're uh, I, I don't have a favorite band. I'm, I'm not somebody who, that's who can even do that, but, but they're, one of the most important bands in my life, right? Like for sure. That's the and I, that's I would, the better way of saying it. And it's it. funny because <laughs> I wouldn't have said that ever until you until we like corresponded back and forth and you were like, oh, you should do the podcast. What what band would you want to talk about? And I'm like, my I didn't even think about it. I was just like far. Like right. I hadn't thought about far in like 10 years at that point. Wow. Like easily. Like I had maybe listened to At Night We Live when it came out, but it didn't hit me then. I wasn't a fan of it mm-hmm. then. I was kind of like, it was a different phase of life for me where I really wasn't focused on music for a little while. And my, sure. my son was born and there was a lot that kind of came along with that. And it just kind of took me out of out of my old life for a little while. And, and um, yeah. so I, I hadn't thought about, I honest to God had not listened to far or thought about far in 10 years other than like other than, but gratitude. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I, that, oh, that record I've, yeah. I've always held on to a lot. Um, and it was funny because um, it's funny that you say exactly what you said, because when I've listened to your podcast since the very first episode, like, I, lo- I love oh, all man. of them, man. Thank well, dude, you. if you're going to do an episode on, on typo negative, I'm listening. Like, it's <laughs> oh, just, <dude. laughs> I, I saw him at the West Palm Beach Auditorium too, man. I was there. I was there yeah. with, with Pantera. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the first time I saw them. And it was like, wait, they played three songs and it was like 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? This is, my, my dad was not happy. He's like, this is so boring. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so good. Uh, that was a Far Beyond Driven tour, right? That yeah, was, yeah. 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 I, oh, I think that funny. was that was the show where I realized that back pain is real. Like when everyone would always shit on Phil, and obviously later on there were actual reasons to shit on the guy. Sure. But back then, it's like I remember that show specifically. They came out, they're playing Strength Beyond Strength or Becoming, or it was no, it was Strength Beyond Strength. Okay. And he's losing his fucking mind. And he's like, the, the body's not meant to contort this yeah, way, yeah, like yeah. a grown human yeah. man. And the hoodie comes off, the t-shirt comes off. He's now shirtless. And I'm, I'm watching his back. I'm watching like the vertebrae in his back. And I'm like, this guy is going to be a mess one day. And sure now he's a mess. I'm a mess. <laughs> I understand back pain. I'm like, I think about that night probably more often than I should being like, huh, at 14, I, I pretty much had like an insight to like what my life was going to become. That's hilarious. Oh, but man. that dude. Uh, so anyway, so, so back to my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my point though, was that, um, so I've listened to your podcast since like the very first episode and I, I'm a, I am a podcast fan. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I've, I've cut it down now to like only a couple. And the ones that I listen to are like the, the are like either like friends or acquaintances. And because I have cool friends and acquaintances like you, like I love your podcast. I love um, my friend, Ethan Luck, or acquaintance slash friend, Ethan Luck does a all Metallica podcast called Metal Up Your Podcast. Uh, oh, I've seen Dude, that it's one. The best. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And Ethan and his partner are just, uh, they are the best at it. They're, they're unbelievable. But the reason I like 
that I love listening to him. And the reason I love your show especially is because it reminds me of being in the van. Like it reminds me of being mm. on tour when you're, Thank when you, you're man. driving eight hours through the middle of the night in Wyoming and you got, like you said, the one other dude next to you. And just, mm -hmm. that's when all the good stuff comes out, man. Like that's, Dude, that's I, when you're just like, you have nothing else in the world to talk, to do except yeah. talk about music and to geek out on like, you know, the, your favorite concerts and whatever it is. Like, so totally. I, that you is, a, know each yeah, other. that's a part of touring that I miss the most, you know? I mean, thank you. Yeah. And, and, and I, 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 that, that means the world to me. And I think that I, I think about, um, one of the hangs, cause we did like a, probably like four or five shows together, like with like, okay, you're coming to town. Like I'm working with you guys. Mm -hmm. or let me book you a show. And we, we did a bunch of those at the time. And I remember one night specifically where like we had just moved into a really shitty apartment. It was like $645 a month. We were there for three weeks before I moved to New York. Okay. And literally the weekend we were moving, you guys came over. So it was you, Nathan and John, and you played a show and uh, you got a hotel or, or I don't know where you stay, but I remember specifically that you guys came over. We listened to a, some real player MP3 of the bridge show where we listened to, it was last soldier and I am mine. The first time that anyone had heard those Pearl Jam songs, That's, last soldier yeah, still yeah. only a fan club release. And you're like, we got something for you. And so Anna and I came to the van yeah. and we sat in the van for like an hour listening to citizen demos, ah. which would, which became audio yeah. slave. And yeah. I remember they sounded so shit. Yeah. His voice was so bad because he was hurting so bad at the time. Right. And I remember like, we were just like, this is rage and Chris Cornell. Like, Oh, it's It's going to be good. Don't worry. It's going to be good. Dude. And I mean, it was fucking phenomenal. Oh my but like gosh, that I remember night, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we drank, we drank like all the liquor we had because sure. we were moving. We drank. It was like <laughs> no, it was like no, it was because it was we were there, dude. <laughs> we had our share too, but I remember it was like it was like all Sousa or like plastic bottle, like whatever, literally yeah. whatever we could afford. We we were like twenty three <laughs> right. or twenty two, like and Lord Baltimore gin. Yeah, mm. the worst. The the bottom shelf, the stuff you kick at the liquor yeah, store, yeah. but um. But um, yeah, dude, that was like, I, I think about that a lot mm. because it's like, those are those nights where you, like, even if you don't talk to somebody for a while or you're not like distance keeps you apart or you're not the closest of friends, when you have those kind of experiences, you can always go back to it and be like, do you remember that? That was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. And that's, th that's, to me, that was like those times of being in the van with bands and, and traveling yeah. and touring. And hopefully we're getting back to some of that now, which feels great. Yeah, I hope so too. I was so too. So, world. so, so that's, yeah. yeah. So back to Jonah, right. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the real, I have this real long distance relationship with him. Now we are not like, I can't say we're friends except that Jonah's like friends with everybody. Um, he's kind of like Perry Farrell in that way. Um, sure, sure. He just, he loves everybody and, and everybody is his friend. But, um, but truly and honestly, like I remember going to see, uh, gratitude when that record came out and oh you get to see them how cool they play so they played the warp tour and they came down through oh. south florida so they were playing down in in broward right um or at the, like the pompano beach amphitheater pompano beach and, amphitheater yeah. hell yeah and so i went down to see them and you know it's summer it's 104 degrees out and uh 
I'm walking up like as they are like taking the stage and I walked right down the, again with Francis standing right next to me, mm-hmm. my right hand man. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I weasel my way up to the front and Jonah comes out and he just looks down right at me and he's like, Oh, it's good to see friends in the audience, you know? Man. And I was like, dude, like, I love you, you know? So then, but then I went to hang out with him after the show and I remember and this like broke my heart. That's why it sticks in my mind. Like he was really not happy. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I remember him saying, cause I was like, oh, like, it's, it's, it's great to see you guys. And I'm, I'm glad you got this tour. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool if you're into malls, you know, like, he's like, it's just yeah. like, a, a, this is like a, a traveling mall basically that, and, you know, and, and so like, I was very aware of, like history. I remember him, you worked for the Beelers when we signed mm-hmm. to Beeler Brothers Records. Yep. I remember Sorry, playing with him and playing with Jonah in West Palm Beach. And again, this was like another heartbreaking moment for me. Um, I remember when we were signing with them and it was an MCA mm-hmm. contract because Beeler, yep. Beeler's was, was a subsidiary. And I remember being so excited, you know, because like this is our chance, like we're breaking out of this joint, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this yeah, is, of course. Yeah, we're doing the thing. And because um, it has been a lot of years in bands, sleeping on floors and doing all, you know, the thing. Sure. And uh, that was all going to come to a close and we were going to be in a bus and staying at the Ritz and, you know, all this stuff. stuff. Of, yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but but it was like a real shot. And I remember telling Jonah, like, yeah. hey, this is what we're doing. And he like was uh like sad for me and he was like don't do it i like i remember him telling me that like saying like don't don't sign with a major like just don't do it that's not who you like that's not who you guys are and like i can look back now and see like exactly where he was at far had just broken up he was doing his one line drawing thing he was probably way happier doing his yeah, on jade tree yeah, yeah on jade tree hanging his own shingle he saw us as probably like kindred spirits you know and and probably yeah. wanted to like protect us from from making you know the same mistakes he made or whatever but like i just remember it being like okay well there goes my hero that way and i'm gonna go this way kind of thing you know and yeah like and in the end you know these are just like you the roads end up you know because a couple of years later like mca folded so and we ended up on vagrant right with john mm-hmm. and then right. jonah ends up signing to atlantic records so <laughs> and know, then like, and then vagrant and then vagrant i know i know so <laughs> um, you know i mean it was yeah. like just this like the but the way that like uh the way that he and again i don't even, i hope he listens to this i'm going to send it to him when we're done and say hey i just talked yeah, yeah. about you for an hour and a half um <laughs> but um but the way that our, our lives like continue like anytime i reach out to him like he always responds right away you know with like it's, with like a super sweet nice. when i when i stopped touring and i started teaching high school i taught high school english for a while like mm-hmm. i had a jonah quote on my like pinned at the top of my bulletin board like the whole year which which one uh which one was whether it? for light or for ashes all of us burn for something it's from it's beautiful yeah it's from uh from the gratitude record right mm-hmm. um and so it's like one it's 
absolutely one of my favorite songs. And, um, and it's funny, you know, like I, even just a couple nights ago, I, not a couple nights, maybe like a month ago, I followed Joan on, on, you know, the streamings. He has since hopped off them or not on the streamings on the socials. He has since like hopped yeah. off a little bit and he's going back yeah, to, yeah. he's going back to his website idea with yeah. the yard sale and all that. Like I'm, I get, I get all the, yeah, emails. he's brought it full circle. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But that line is from a song called the greatest wonder, which is like mm-hmm. my favorite song on that record. And, um, it's beautiful. and I saw him, you know, it popped up on Instagram, like Jonah's, Jonah's live. And so I just like clicked on and, you know, saw him up there for a second. He was like, all right, what do you guys want to hear? And I was like, the greatest wonder. And he just like, immediately was like, ah, oh, it's a good idea, Jeff. Like I'll do. And he just started playing it. And it was like, dude, like, you yeah, man, like, I, I, you know, they just kind of keep it, it. I don't know, man. It's like this, again, we are not friends. We don't hang out. We don't talk on the phone. We don't do anything, but every once in a while, we just kind of like reconnect for a brief moment. You know, like I used to see him when we toured with dashboard confessional a lot, like he would come out. So I'd, you know, he'd pop up backstage at a show every once in a while and I'd see him then. And just like all these little touch points and, and it's just nice. And it's really fun to, to follow him and to know that he's still doing it, man. And totally and, and doing and it his own way. And, you know, he's said no to Pepsi twice, you know, that I don't know if you know that those stories. No. So dude, he wrote this book, right? Like called Alone Rewinding. It's mm. awesome. Like go on the yard sale, you can buy it for like 10 bucks and he'll like yeah. send it to you or whatever. If I were to yeah, especially when I was a, a teacher, like I would get all these kids, I'd worked at a school of the arts. So I'd get all these mm-hmm. kids who like wanted to be rock stars. And it's like, you know, what, what advice do you have for me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. But if, uh, if that question were to come to me now, I would say, go buy this book, right? Like this is the best music book relate. Like it's the best, um, like no bullshit uh, account of what it means to try to be an artist and, and try and be a rock and roll musician, like in America, De- really. I'll definitely, I'll you definitely know? pick that um, up then. I want to read it, that. It, it, he's very honest as Jonah always is. Um, and so, you know, it's very much warts and all, and, and you, you see him make the, you know, he talks about making these choices like new and original, I think it was new and, broke up because he said no to a Pepsi like deal. Like Pepsi wanted wow. to use one of their songs and he said no. And it, like the rest of the band just was not pleased with that. And I then imagine they would be right. Yeah. But then he did it again a second time. Like Pepsi came back to him and asked him again for like one of his own songs. And he said, no. Um, and then maybe, I think maybe that's even why grads who broke up, I forget too, but it, mm. it's something similar you know like he's a dude who sticks by his ideals and you know whether right or wrong i don't think he knows that if they're right or right but he's doing he's doing the best he can to to be true to himself and he just keeps on yeah, he just keeps on going and and doing it but it makes it hard to have a band man <laughs> it does but it's consistency so 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 um w- w- the way that i do this when i when i wrap this yeah. up is i think if you listen you know yeah is that 
give me the sexiest song and give me the funeral song. Oh, so I don't know about the sexiest song, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't think about far as being a sexy band. I, they, no, they got, they got, they got swagger. They got swagger and they have, they have a, they have tenderness. Like Jonah always has a tenderness. Tenderness is sexy. But sometimes, uh, yeah. but, but so like, so for example, like I think my answer would maybe be uh, into again on mm. water and solutions. And, yeah. but that might be mostly because they do it with the two. And so by the transitive property of Prince, uh, like that ah. kind of, and, and he mentioned sex in the song. So, um, there you go. so that might be it, but they, but they also shoot a horse at the end of the song. So <laughs> oh my God, right, I, right. I don't know, you know, like, okay, but, hey, but I'm going to say, I'm gonna, but yeah, I always think of, I always think of far as like being a tender band, but not really a sexy band, but I no, also, totally. I also don't know really what a what a sexy band is like to me the sexiest record on the planet is roxy music avalon but hey look but my wife says no <laughs> and i hey, some people and i'm playing yeah. for an audience of one so you know right right i mean some people might find a rush record sexy that's you just true. don't know that's true man so um but the the one that really is intriguing is the is the funeral song because it's like okay is it a celebration of life is it is it something that's dark is it something that's personal is it something that was a secret that you could it's just an interesting way to cap where you know yeah. it, it could be like is it a 75 minute prog opus to annoy your family? Like what, you know, I don't know. See, so man, I forgot that you asked that question. I, <laughs> I had been thinking about the the sexy one for sure, but the funeral one catches me off guard a little bit, but I would say off the top of my head, there's three songs that come to mind. Um, you do three. Uh, Nestle comes to mind mm -hmm. and maybe cause it's like my favorite far song. Right. But but also like because he talks about his dad in in there and that's like when his dad died and it's about his child being born um so it's kind of like a circle of life song sure um waiting for sunday is also oh man uh beautiful but, yeah it's a that's a complicated one though lyrically um yeah there's a there there's a lot of heaviness in in that lyric and i love it i I wish I could tell you what it means, but I, I don't know. And I don't know that Jonah mm. would know either. Um, cause it's just about questions. It's about, it's sure. about doubt and it's about, um, uh, struggling with the idea of, of faith. And so, yeah, so I think that maybe, but then also if it's my funeral, it's maybe mm -hmm. it's mother Mary, um man that, that does and just yeah. and or, or yeah so mother mary you know because like i always love the idea like we all live on in photos and paperbacks and if we're lucky we're coming back you know like those, totally I, I love that, I love that idea i love that lyric oh it's a great it's a great rocker it's a great up tempo so uh, it is man it's like it's very it's very urgent yeah. and necessary yeah. you know and Man, those are all great answers. Yeah. What about you? They are. I always took it literally with Barry White, but yeah. you know, in the in the aisle always felt really appropriate too for some reason. 
I, I just felt like this is pretty much me. It's just in the aisle, Perfect. yelling, Perfect. screaming. Do you, know, oh, do you know the story about Barry White? No. So that's a that's a fun story that I, I picked up in the book, right? Is that the reason it's called Barry White, like B-U-R-Y, mm-hmm. is because, um, oh, what's the lyric in that? Um, there's a, it's, it's a play on Barry White. On Barry yeah. White, because when you say it, it sounds like you're saying Barry right, White. Because he says, um, shoot, man, I wrote it down, and now I'm, now I'm not going to find it. Um, oh, yeah, because it's the line when he says, soothe me, lover. He's like, mm. soothe me, lover, right? Um, yeah. Everybody in the in this studio, like D. Sardi was like, dude, who are you, Barry White with that thing? And he's like, That's so it. they're like, well, it's called the song Barry White. <laughs> That's amazing. Very, very like Wisconsin-y way of saying it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but That's a great Jeff, song. Dude, this has been so awesome. And so like, I, I knew we were having an episode to talk about a band that you loved and I loved, but to know all the interpersonal connection and the stories and, and the love of, of, of a record like Gratitude in the oh. canon of, of Jonah, it, this has just been awesome. So, and the fact that we didn't even talk enough about Winger, but I guess we'll do another podcast. But Anytime, but, dude. Any- but seriously, man. <laughs> I, and, and, and I, I got to hop over and do yours as well. Yeah, and, please. And, you know, you just be and talk to Francis and get on the Sonic Temple podcast, which I will tag. But Please. man, I cannot. This has been awesome, and it's been so so amazing to reconnect with you. And it's been um, fun. And, and, yeah, dude, and I appreciate the support. Uh, I'll, I'll tag all your all, all your socials, and uh, dude, this has been awesome. I really appreciate Thanks, it, man. man. Good to see you.